Welcome to the Spiritual Sexual Shamanic Podcast. Exploring sacred sexuality, activating life force, and empowered transformation, these intimate conversations take you under the sheets with faculty from ISTA, the International School of Temple Arts. I'm your host, Rhea Yoshida, faculty and organizer with ISTA. Welcome, dearest beloved. Today we have an amazing and incredible guest, as always. I mean, when don't we have amazing guests here? But it's a dear, dear beloved mentor, uh, Ohad Pele. So I'll go ahead and just uh, read your incredible bio here. We'll see if we can get through all of it. And then we'll That's dive deep. It's about me. Hi, Ria. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. So Ohad Pele is the lead faculty and are you now officially in the wisdom circle? I'm transitioning now from governance to wisdom. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful. So Pele, a lead faculty in ISTA, has been teaching Kabbalah, sacred sexuality, and conscious relating for more than 30 years. His life partner, Don Cherie, is a lead faculty at ISTA as well, and many times they lead workshops together. Coming from a background of being a traditional Kabbalist rabbi in Jerusalem, as well as an academic scholar and a community leader, he is well known as one of the most influencing and radical spiritual teachers in Israel. Pele is the author of the historical fiction Kadesha, a timeless tale of a love priestess, a page turner that exposes the hidden conspiracy in ancient Jerusalem that had led to the destruction of the goddess temples and formation of monotheistic text-based religions. He also wrote a book about Lilith, the wild dark feminine force, a revolutionary research on the sacred aspect of Lilith, which holds the secrets of healing human sexuality. In another book, he explores the erotic concepts behind the ancient temple of Jerusalem and the way this knowledge was used for meditations in the ancient Jewish mystery school of the Merkava. Before joining ISTA, Pele was heading Nevia, the Hebraic Academy of Universal Spirit in Tel Aviv. Pele and Don are life partners since 2002 and co-founders of Kabbalah. Pele is an artist, yes, photographer and a songwriter. His first album, Something Out of Chaos, includes a tantric song, Mikdash, that is dedicated to the yoni gazing rituals. His second album, Cosmic Snake, one of my favorites, includes the songs Captain Crazy, yes, lyrics by Bruce Lyon, and the infamous Cosmic Snake. And you can find your music on Spotify. It is on Bandcamp and uh, like for buying on Bandcamp or listening for free on Spotify, yeah. And there is actually a new album just released um, the third one. It's not on the bio yet, but of, of poetry, of my poetry. It's mm. also on Spotify. And Gorgeous, amazing, wonderful. Well, welcome to the Sacred Sexual Mysteries podcast. It's an honor to have you here. And today we're gonna to be diving deep into the paradigm of civilization. So I love to really, yeah, just hear, you know, what's most alive for you when it comes to culture and change and the paradigm of civilization. Mm. Well, um, I think that it's kind of important to understand that everything that we do uh, in ISTA, uh, but not only ISTA, but this kind of awakening wave 
of consciousness and love and freedom in the world is a shift of civilizations. And everything that we do is actually a political step. Even though, you know, we're, we're far from politics from, you know, what people call politics, but everything that we do uh, has political aspects to that of, you know, from the way that we relate to the genders, to men, to women, to non-binary people, uh, from the way that we uh, engage with each, with each other, the way we share power with each other. Um, and most importantly, actually, the way that we care for the heart. So when I, I want to, you know, go back a little. You know, I love I love history, and you know, have anyone who read my book Kedesha, you know, understands that. You know, I really spent a lot of time researching and learning a lot. One of the things that you realize when you look at historical and archaeological monuments is that it was built on slavery. You know, from the pyramids to almost any big monument that we celebrate, the manpower, the manpower behind building big walls, um, big, big palaces, big temples, a lot of it was based on slavery, either of people who were captured in war or people that were just like, they were by being in the kingdom, they were slaves of the king the king or the ruler or whatever it was in different places, people were um, enslaved to the big willpower of the king, of Pharaoh, of whoever wanted. And we say, you know, Pharaoh built this, but actually Pharaoh didn't build anything. Pharaoh just used his willpower to put under, his, under fear and oppression people that would work for, for him um, and build anything, you know, whether it's you know Pharaoh or any Caesar of Rome or anything like that, you know, Greek uh, temples and all that. The the citizens of Athens were only the rich men. Even women were not citizens. So a lot of the culture that uh, we are part of is built on on enslaving humans. Now. Even though slavery is out of the law, so to say, in the modern world, but actually people are just enslaved in just different ways. People are enslaved to their high-tech companies. The fact that people are sometimes paid better and, and they have some, they have rights, doesn't mean that anyone really cares or the, the, the economy cares about their heart, about what they feel, about their joy, about their their love about their inner growth. And, uh, you know, being a spiritual teacher for many, many years, as you read in my biography, I'm more than 30 years in teaching. Uh, I see many people coming out of this slavery. Sometimes it's a golden cage, as they say. And then they are so excited to, and so they want to you know, change their jobs and stuff like that. And, and it's, it's, they're doing it usually too early and too quick. Uh, but the re the, what's behind it is that they, they feel that it's not just about the spiritual aspect of the teachings. It's more about that the world they live in is based on survival of the body 
and the personality. It's a body-mind survival mechanism. Um, marriages are based on that. Uh, the financial world is based on that. And I think what we're building, what we are in ISTA, what we are promoting and uh, pioneering, of course, together with many other individuals and organizations in the world, it's not, um, it's not only ISTA, but it's a different civilization. Imagine a civilization, a civilization, not just like pockets, but a real civilization that cares about you, you know, that cares about the individual, that cares about your heart cares about your soul, that cares not about the product that you're going to produce, not about the financial value, uh, not about the stability of framework that you're part of or the, you know, the, the structures, of the family structures and stuff like that. Actually about, are you, are you happy? Is your heart smiling? Is your soul feeling that that she is doing on earth what she came down to do do you actually remember do you have time to remember or are you enslaved running from one thing to the other and not being not having time to remember who you are and why you're here you know for me everything that we do is based on a whole different paradigm and it's radical it's really really radical because when you bring freedom, freedom in the deep sense of freedom, it's not only that you free people from uh, simple slavery or addictions. It means deep freedom means that I trust you. I trust the life force in you and you trust the life force in me. That's why I want you to be free. And that's why you want me to be free. The reason why uh, religions countries didn't want people to be free because you, they didn't, they, they don't trust people. You know, there's uh, an assumption that even written in one verse in the Bible that uh, the, the, the urges of, of humans are evil from its youth, from the beginning. And I think we need to, we're, we're putting a, a big question mark about that, on that, because one of the things that I learned in my life is that there are no bad people. You know, I, and I'm not stupid and I live in the Middle East and I've been to play, I've been, I've been, you know, my friend, I have friends that died in, in, in battle in the army. I have, I've been close to terror attacks and people, I, I almost actually was bombed in a, in a terror attack that was blocked uh, so I'm here. <laughs> so I'm not like putting my hand in the, my head in the sand. I just say that all those people who do horrible things, there are people who do bad things, but they always think they're doing something good. They're serving some big purpose. They're serving the freedom of their nation. They're serving the, the, their honor. They're trying to achieve something that in the base of it is actually good sometimes in really hurting ways but i dare say that the the spirit of humans regardless of nation and you know of course and, and, and culture and the spirit of humans is good 
yes, there is ego. Yes, we can be driving people through the fears of their ego to do horrible things to each other. But that doesn't mean that this is the deep nature of humans. And I think that what we are creating in Easter temples is a is the pockets of the new civilization that maybe, you know, it might take a thousand years now to build this civilization. But this civilization is based on the assumption that the seed, the core of human spirit is love. And it's important and it matters. And every individual matters. Every fucking individual on the planet is a spark of love and is here for for a deep reason. And this is a very, very different uh, fundamental assumption that creates a different culture and different civilization and different results. When you come from that, the results are gonna be different. And we're, doing, we're in the middle of change. I'm actually, you know, I'm now, you know, I come to, to our meeting here from two business meetings because I'm trying to create for ISTA and with ISTA and with some private investors, we're trying to create a, basically a, an application. So it's like a company and, and shares and investments and all this. And as I'm doing it, I'm also asking myself, like, how do we do it in a different way? How do we function in the world of money, business, commerce, um, because we need to function to function in this world if we, and we want to be successful so we want to reach millions um, how do we do that without falling into the enslavery of the culture that created this money because the money itself is ba the, the value behind the dollar is not the value of the soul it's the, actually the value of enslavery. It's the value of power over. If I have the dollar and you don't have the dollar, I will power over you and vice versa. So, yeah, you ask me what's alive in me. This is really alive in me. Really, the question, the understanding that we're building something new, not being naive about it, but also really asking the question of how do we do that? What are the stages? How do we create a successful financial um, startup company, basically, that's what we're doing, um, that has really different values behind its dollar? You have a really unique way of storytelling, which is what mm -hmm. makes, you know, Kadesha and your books so magical to really mm -hmm. fall in love with all these characters. And I think what's most fascinating is shifting the core belief that the human spirit is love, right? And you talked about trust and you talked about how uh, in, all, in all the religions, the base foundation is that we're not trustworthy, right? Mm -hmm. And so while you're recreating or really asking the deep question, how do we do this while still functioning in the system that already exists, that we're all born into and to do it different, you know, it's a big, big experiment that you're on. And, you know, so I love looking at trust. You know, I really think of trust, you know, you like we can meet someone new and share intimacy right away. You can just eye gaze and really drop in, open your heart and share right away. But there's no familiarity. There's no shared experience over time 
of how this person shows up multiple times. And on top of that, to also be able to see someone's shadow and to really get a full taste or quality of their spirit. And that's personal trust, right? How do we collectively trust in, in the sense of taking risk or trusting nature? Trust, like what would you say is a good practice that we can look at for trust? Your question is better than any answer I can give. Uh, building trust is one of the most uh, difficult things, even between loving people. Um, couples or lovers, doesn't need to be couples, can be threesomes and foursomes. Building trust is a big deal because, I, and I think, because most of us, the way we were brought up, our trust in the world and in others was, was broken as babies subconsciously we were taught to betray ourselves it's not that only we were betrayed by our parents um, in subtle ways but actually what most of us were taught as babies and children is to betray our soul to betray our heart like you want to you want to you want to survive you want to be accepted socially betray yourself and this creates mistrust like, how can I trust you with my vulnerability if what I get is that actually I need to hide myself in order to be accepted? So there is a deep mistrust in the way that we were brought up. And I, I see it with couples, a lot with lovers, to actually really, really trust your lover as a human being. It's not to trust them that they will not fall in love with other people. It's not, it's to trust that you are safe, that you can put your heart uh, unguarded, that you can, that I, what about talking about you, that I can, you know, really, really be vulnerable with my beloveds and my friends and my colleagues. It's a practice. And um, the thing with trust is that um, we need to, tr to make a a daring step many times to create trust. Beautiful. Yes, there's a level of going first, being a leader in yeah. trust, and to really yeah. exercise that muscle. One of the stories that really stands up, there's so many that you've shared with me, is that one fight you had with Don Cherie, your partner now of 20 years, has it been? 18, I think. 18, okay. Well, that's, that's no small you know, number, yeah. when you're traveling the world together, you're both, you know, leading these week-long intensive trainings, you're both very passionate people, you're both artists and creative, and, you know, to really be in this dance of 18 years, and I remember you sharing, you've had this one breakdown where you were in this pattern, like the dyadic uh, couples, lovers, you know, where you just fight and it's like the same fight over and over, even if it's about the milk or the eggs or different things. But you had a moment where you shared that you really spoke to Dawn's soul. And that even now, when the two of you might have like a crunchy moment, you speak to each other's soul. And I would love to just hear about that. Yeah, I don't think it's it's a one time. I don't know what which one I, you know, spoke with you about, but it's a it's a whole practice of personalities can get in a fight with each other because the personality is mistrusting and 
and feeling cheated by life, basically. You know, there's a deep thing in our personality that knows this world is not safe for the personality. Let's put it like that. It's going to die. The only thing that's really going to disappear is a personality. The soul is eternal, but next time your soul is going to reincarnate, it's going to have a different personality and a different body. The body is some, in somehow is eternal as well because it's composting and like, you know, the, the, the matter itself, itself doesn't disappear. The, but the personality aspect is... Um, is an, kind of an illusion in time. It's like it's a, it's a beautiful appearance that disappears. And because of that, the personality is really afraid in this world. The personality is the only thing that is not eternal um, and is really fearful. That's why it always needs to um, reinforce itself about its own existence. Um, because it knows that deep inside it has no essence. You know, this is, I'm, I'm just talking Buddhism in different terms, but so personality to personality, it's like, it's a fearful mechanism talking to, to another fearful mechanism. And sometimes they find common interest um, and then they are celebrating each other. But when, when my interest is not, is not, coming together with your interest, we feel in conflict and, and in fear. We have fear from each other. But when we can see through the personality into the soul of the other, when I can speak from my soul to your soul, knowing that my personality is afraid and shaking, and probably yours as well, but we can actually talk to the love behind the, the living spark of the loving divine that's behind the fearful personality yeah, it changes the whole the whole interaction yes it really does and it takes that paradigm shift it takes that believing and that knowing that inner knowing to really allow the soul to guide in the in the shaking of the body the body survival and the personality survival yeah, as I said, I think the body is not so afraid about survival, to be honest. Uh, like animals, of course, they want to survive. But if you go shamanically into, I don't know if, if you did it, but um, if you go shamanically into animal consciousness, different animals, of course, but generally animals are not so fearful of death. Uh, they don't have a story about death. They know they're going to die. And deep inside, they know also they're not going to die from old age. You know, they, they know they're going to, you know, usually going to be eaten. You know, even if they're, they're just sick or old, someone is going to come and take their, life's, their life. And it's, it's kind of okay. It's, um, this is the game. I'm going to try to survive until I can't. And then life will take itself to a different form. The personality, which animals don't have much personality, they do, of course, a little bit. Uh, they don't have much personality and much story around their personality. They don't have ego. Um, it's the ego who is afraid to die, not the body. Got it. So in this creating of a new startup, 
that you're really excited about and investing in and really asking that question of how do we do this differently? How do we not fall trapped to the enslavement of the system? And how do we stay with really caring? And that really touched you know, me in, uh, in the back of my heart, that caring and that feeling. And we have personalities that clash, that are fearful, that don't get along. And there are just some people who it's like oil and water. No matter how much you shake them up, they just don't mix, right? And yet, how do we still respect each other, you know, honor each other's dignity as human beings? But would you say then that in those situations, like how do you overcome working together or collaborating? Being oil and water, the oil can respect the water. We, we don't need to mix. I can be um, water and respect you being oil. And it's completely okay that you're oil. I'm not expecting you to be water. I actually celebrate your oily nature and and say like, you know, actually love in these situations means that I love myself. I love my watery na nature. I love you and I want you to be who you are and you are oil. So why mix? It doesn't work. You know, actually with my, before dawn, I, I was married actually 18 years to my previous wife, the mother of uh, Yehu, our son. And we, we separated from love. And it was like oil and water kind of thing. Uh, basically, mostly around um, monogamy and non-monogamy. After 16 years of monogamy, I really started to understand that uh, it's not what I need. I need to explore. I need to explore sexuality, relationships. And she, she tried it also. She was, she was okay about it. I, in the ideology, she didn't have an ideology around, against it. She said, okay, let's try. And when she tried, she felt it's not for her. So it took us, you know, a year or two to really try. And, and then she said, you know, it's, it's you, you need it and it's okay. And I don't need it and it's okay too. So why don't we love each other enough to send each other to different paths because we respect the nature of each other. So we separated. We made our own divorce ceremony because I'm a rabbi, so I made my own ceremony. We did it in the community, in our uh, ashram. Back then we had an ashram by the Dead Sea. And I, I will never forget this uh, German woman who was in the community and she said, you know, this divorce ceremony was more full of love than many weddings i've been to yes beautiful because that is such a easy misconception you know we use this yeah. word love and you know i remember something bruce has said is that love is not this cute little kitten you get to just pet on your lap right it's not a pet but love is a ferocious tiger that'll rip your heart out yeah love is a cosmic power that is stronger than our laws than our decisions than our than, our, than anything. How many empires, religions were trying to put laws on top of love and love is always breaking through. So instead of laws, they, they taught shame and they taught fear. Yeah. Yeah, to restrict it. And love definitely seeps through kind of like, um, like a dandelion or a weed that grows in between the concrete. 
right? It tries yeah, to find because love is the nature, the deep nature of the universe. And we can go deeper into this, but the deep nature of the universe is, is made of love and freedom. You know, love is the, the interconnectivity of everything, the way that everything is connecting to each other. Doesn't mean, by the way, mixing, but the way we connect, we can, you know, let's say me and my ex-wife, we're, we're connected through separation because, you know, like we're, because we decided not to mix, we said like, okay, you're water, I'm oil. I respect you, I love you. I love your oily nature. I love your watery nature. So we're still connected. We actually are still connected because we did not try to impose on the other. Um, so love is the interconnectedness of every particle with every subparticle, and um, And freedom is... Uh, another power in the universe that actually uh, creates the space, spaciousness itself of, of the universe, the, the space where everything that exists actually connect with each other. Love and freedom are so interconnected and that's why, you know, humans, we're trying to bring them together and we're still failing, but there are two cosmic powers. That's why no, there's no hope to fight against freedom. You know, you can enslave people, you can oppress people. The need for freedom will always, will always come as a revolution. Always. It might take time, it will come. A generation later, it will come. Things need to express themselves. It's like, I exist and then love is coming as well. You can repress love, but love will come again. And it's not that I exist and you exist, but we also connected. So yeah. Beautiful. So these are, you know, cosmic powers, and definitely not uh, a kitten. Definitely not a kitten. They're cosmic powers for sure. I just want to ask some um, quick fire questions. Um, so just yeah. in three three words or less to answer them. But just in, um, in a couple of words, like, so if, if you were a piece of furniture, what would you be? Uh, a mirror. Really good. Haven't heard that one yet. Uh, what are you reading right now? A book about how to read fingerprints, the sole purpose of people through analyzing their fingerprints. Because I'm a palm reader as well, so I'm specializing in this. Beautiful. Um, so tomorrow, if you can wake up and just, you know, magically gain a new skill or ability, what would it be? To jump from one branch to another and fly like some monkeys do. <laughs> this is absolutely such a pleasure, as always. It is such a blessing, beloved. Thank you, Ria. It's beautiful. Yes. That, uh, thank you for asking me questions no one asked me before. It's, it's really, <laughs> I, I'm being interviewed so many times and uh, I'm, sometimes bored, uh, you know, to answer the same questions, but you actually really made my uh, cells need to regenerate some like uh, piece of furniture. I never thought what piece of furniture <laughs> would be. <laughs> yes. Well, this is such an amazing um, platform, you know, yeah. to, to hold um, the ISTA spirit through mm -hmm. the different personalities that expresses itself. 
yeah. in all of us because because i am ista you are ista we are ista and ista yeah. exists in the many forms Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Sexual Shamanic Podcast. To find out more about ISTA's retreats, online festivals, or to work with our faculty, see our website, ista.life, or find us on Facebook at ista.life and on Instagram at ista underscore tribe.